Uh, go to, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Katrina? John 18, I think? Yes! I'll be lost without you. I'm just going to share what I was reading this week. Is that okay? All right, Jesus, he makes, in, in this passage, we're going to use one passage, but I'm going to have to jump out and then come back. So you stay at John 18, but the screen's going to change and come back. Um, in this, I was reading, and I, and, I, for the, and I really sat down and took my time with it. And in this one passage of scripture, Jesus makes, it's these three points. One, he makes the greatest claim, and then he shows us the greatest problem, and then he gives us the only remedy. He give, he, in this passage, he, he, he makes this great claim. It's the greatest claim ever made. And then he, and he, and he reveals this, the, the greatest problem that mankind has and the only way out of it. And I was sitting with it for a while, all week, actually, and I just took my time and read it, and this is what I came up with. Uh, Chris, come on. When he had finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. All right, so get your visuals up. Jesus is done praying, so he, him and the disciples, they're moving out, and so they're moving to another spot. Come on. On the other side, there was a garden, and he and his disciples went into it. Now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place, because Jesus had often met there with his well, disciples. So Jesus went there all the time. It probably was a calm place, a place that Jesus liked to hang out at. So him and the disciples would go there a lot. So Judas knew that's where they were going to be. Come on. So Judas came to the garden, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and the Pharisees. They, and were, they were carrying, carrying torches and lanterns and weapons like they were going to get Frankenstein, right? So, it, so here it is. Judas is not with them. Judas is already struck out, and he's already making a deal with the Romans. Everybody say amen to that. Amen. Uh, one key thing is when Jesus moves, then you all should move too. Amen. Whenever Jesus moves, you need to move. Everybody say amen to that. I mean, you know, I, I, I just kind of always say, man, we only come to church one day a week. I'm a one day a church a, church a week guy. <laughs> Now, mind you, I'm in God all week, but I'm a one-day-a-week church person. And it's like, man, when Jesus is moving, I'm, I got to move. Everybody say amen. I mean, when, so here's the one problem. Judas was, was meant to betray him anyway, but think about it. He's not where everyone else is. You got to be where everybody is. That when we come in here, we come in here with expectation. And here it is. It's not to make your conscience feel better because you went to church. Amen. And so we can come into the presence of God. And then, and then one thing we know in a small church, everybody's important, down to the youngest child. Amen. Who's the youngest child now? Little McKee? Is he the youngest? He's important. Amen. Everybody's important. So we have, when, when God moves, everybody moves. That's not my message. I'll teach that one later. Come on. So you, you see the picture, right? And see, it, and it says that he showed up with a detachment of soldiers. It wasn't a couple. He had quite a few, and I'm going to show you why in a second. Go. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen Jesus to him. Jesus always knows what's going on. He knows what's going on before things happen. He knows he knew everything that was going to go on with him. And trust me, he knows everything that's going to go on with you. Amen. He really does. Jesus is so ahead of the game, it's ridiculous. He's, he's way down the block and around the corner. We're next door. Jesus knows everything. He's not, him and God and the Holy Spirit aren't surprised by anything. You think 2020 surprised God? 
He went, what is going on down there? (laughs) (laughs) And one thing I love about them, when they know what's going on, they always have a remedy. They always do. Thank you, Lord. Come on. So so knowing all that was going on, Jesus was going to happen. He went out and he asked the people, Chris, who is it you want? So can you make the picture? Here they come walking. Jesus is sitting with the disciples. He sees them. He stands up. And he goes, hey, I know what they're coming to do. Let me go. And he goes up and he says, who do you want? Go. Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he. He says, okay, Jesus of Nazareth is who we want. They reply. We want Jesus, the Jesus of Nazareth is who we're looking for. And then Jesus replies, I am he. Now, that is the greatest statement ever made. I'm going to tell you why. Because really, it doesn't, in the original text, I read the whole thing in the original text. It doesn't say, I am he, it just says, I am. Jesus really, see, they put this up here for reading's sake to make sense. But when he asked, who are you looking for? Uh, He says, who are you looking for? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. He goes, I am. He just said, I am. See, I am he that the writers put that in. King James put that in there to to make it sound better, to make it sense. But he didn't say that. He just said, I am. (laughs) And and, and when he said that, he's making a a statement here. Know what he's doing? He's taking on divine name. Amen. He's he's letting them know who he is. And, And that term, I am, he's saying, I just am. Amen. See, when we say I am this or I am that, God doesn't say I am this, I am that. God just says I am. There is no this or that. See, we have to have reason for our being. God has no reason for his being. He he just is. Before everything was me, everything is predicated on me. See, Jesus in this statement, is, is he's, he's, a, he's exalted himself. He's took on a divine form. He's saying that I'm just like the Father. I just am. Well, who, what came first, the chicken or the egg? i tell you what came first. I am came first. Amen. It, it, see, see he's saying, he's, oh, my God. See, it got me so excited because I went, oh, my God. I didn't, I've read this a thousand times, but here it is. Jesus goes, I'm going to take a... Uh, go to Exodus chapter 3. Keep your finger there, Chris, but go to Exodus 3. Just put it on the screen. <laughs> I, what are you doing? Okay. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the, the, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? Next verse. God said to Moses, I am who I am. Just tell them I am. This is what you say to the Israelites. I am has sent me. No beginning, no ending, no purpose. See, all of you are born with purpose. All of you am because. God has no because. Amen. He just am. (laughs) Tearing the English language up right now, but I always do. (laughs) He just am. Sounds country, don't it? I, I am. He, 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 he can't help but he says there's no reason, no rhyme, no purpose, no beginning, no ending to me. Everything is predicated on me. Jesus makes a divine statement here. 
Who, who do you want? Jesus of Nazareth. No, I am. For the first time, Jesus flexes on him a little bit. <laughs> Go to John chapter 8 really quick. Chris, John chapter 8, verse 57. Here it is. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and they're having this conversation. And Jesus told them, you guys know what you're talking about. I, I already saw Abraham. And the Pharisees go, you are not 50 years old. And you're telling us you've seen Abraham? Next verse. Very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. He said, wait a minute, dude. Before Abraham was born, I am. <laughs> I am before Abraham. <laughs> before Abraham. Abraham, are you kidding me? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and all that God stuff. I, I was there. Nothing was made without me. He, you talking about Abraham, you, you think I don't know what I'm talking about? I am. I am before Abraham. I, Abraham has purpose. I have no purpose other than to save your sorry butt. Amen. But when I was in true divine form, I had no purpose because man hadn't sinned yet. You know, Jesus was born out of purpose, but before man sinned, he had no purpose other than I am. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the next verse. Chris is funny. Come on. At this, they picked up stones to stone him. They're always trying to hurt somebody. At this point, they were like, what is he give me a rock. I am going to hit him so hard because he's telling us that, see, talking to God himself, they don't recognize him. Amen. So they won't get out of his form of who he is to see to the divine state. Jesus made another divine statement. He says, Abraham, I am. They went, oh, we got to stone him. <laughs> Isn't that life today? Mm -hmm. Oh, the world is so... Matthew 23, I'm not done with this point yet. Matthew 23, verse 34. Let me show you this one. <sighs> Matthew 23, uh, 23, 34. What is that? There you go. Come on. Therefore, I am sending you prophets Therefore, and sages. Therefore, I am sending you prophets, sages, and teachers. Some of them you will kill, crucify. Others you will flog in your synagogues and pursue from town to town. Jesus is telling them, I am, not I'm going to, not I am going to send them. He says, I am sending. Amen. I am God himself is sending. He didn't say I'm going to send. He says, I am ascending. I'm going to send prophets. In Who is this guy? See, here it is. One more. Luke chapter 10, verse 18. Let me show you this one. Luke 10. Jesus replies to them, I saw Satan fall. I visually saw him fall. Amen. How? You're only 30 years old. <laughs> Who is this guy? He, he goes, I saw Satan fall like lightning. I visualized it. I saw I am sorry. Amen. 
Amen. That sounds so wrong, though. I am saw it. I saw it myself. I saw it with my own eyes. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Next verse. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all and the And I have enemy. given you this authority. I did that. I gave it to you. I am gave that to you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me say this. Staying on clock today. Can't stop. <laughs> I heard you here. <laughs> All religion is basically good. If you really study it, if you look at Buddhism, it's very, it's very, actually, they make a lot of sense. If you look at the Muslim faith, I'm not talking about the radicals who crash planes in the buildings. Amen. They make a lot of sense when it comes to how mankind should be and function. All religion is on the shelf, and then it's up to us. I'm trying to get this so you can get it. It's up to us to pick one. But here it is, even Christianity is on the shelf, but Jesus won't let it stay there because he's the elephant in the room. Amen. Because he's the only founder of a belief that doesn't claim to know the way to God or to know the way to live or the, the way to be. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. He's the only founder who didn't say I know the way to life or the way to God or the, or the way to peace. He's the only one that says it's me. So either Jesus is a crackpot or a superior. Because all the rest of them never claim to be God. They just claim to know the way. Jesus was the only one that said I am the way, you silly boys. So we up on the shelf, and you got uh, the generic brand, the no brand, and then you got Kraft macaroni and cheese. <laughs> 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 you got, you got laundry detergent that just says laundry detergent, and then you got the Kroger brand, and then you got Gain or. You got orange juice with a, with a white carton with orange juice on it, or you got some cheap brand, Melody Land or some crap, or you got Minute Maid. It's superior. Christianity has to be superior. And then you know you got these people who go, well, I'm spiritual. You, got, you ever hear that? I don't believe in religion, but I am spiritual. You know what they're saying? That, that you know, I, I, I'm in tune to this being called, I don't even know what he's called, but it's, it's the spiritual being and, and it's love and harmony and, and nature. <laughs> spiritual. I'm talking, I was talking to somebody who's spiritual. Oh, you're a pastor, and I hate telling people that. I hate, ugh, conversation just goes bad. And I'm sitting there waiting on Julian, and, he, and, and the guy goes, hey, what do you do? <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I almost lied. I really did. I almost lied. I almost went, oh, I'm a contractor. 
<laughs> you <say> what? <laughs> Marilyn, I almost let you down. I, ain't get <laughs> I was getting ready to lie because I didn't want to deal with it. And I go, I'm a pastor. He goes, oh, oh, I'm spiritual. <laughs> You're spiritual. Okay, so what, is, what, what spirit are we talking about here? Mm. Baca? <laughs> and then I, we begin to talk, and he goes, what do you think about that? Just, I'm in tune with the things, and I believe in a, hev in a heavenly being, but I think it's all these ways to him. And I go, all right. No, I don't say no. Know why? You ain't going to win that. Amen. But I go, hey, think about this, though. Because you think Jesus was a good guy. All of them thinks Jesus is a good guy or a prophet. Amen. They don't, they don't, son of God is too much, but they believe he's a, he's a, he's a good theologian, philosopher. And I go, dude, but he's the only one who claims to be God. So you being spiritual. He's the only one that claims deity. Amen. How do you argue with that? Other than I refuse to believe it. So you don't want to believe it, so you call it spiritual. Well, you burn incense at home. <laughs> go, go back. Let me go back. Go back to John. Chris, you have to let me know where we left off. Okay. Oh, Jesus, uh, knowing what was going to happen, he mm -hmm. said, who you want? They replied, I, Jesus, I am he who you want. And Chris, when he said, I am he, they all fell to the ground. Amen. See, Jesus, for the first time, went, mm -hmm. he flexed on them. Here it is, this, this carpenter, rabbi, philosopher. When they go, who are you? he goes, who are you looking for? They, they, they go, they go oh, we're looking for Jesus Nazareth. He turns and says, I am he. And they went, bam. Amen. Fell to the ground. These are hardened, battle-tested imperial troops. See, I, I did an investigation to find out who these guys were. And, and so what they were respecting is that Jesus would be surrounded by believers. So they were going to arrest everybody. They were respecting a riot. So they were in full riot gear. It wasn't like, see, they came looking for Jesus, but it was enough. It was, they, one scholar said it was probably like 200 of them. See, they were expecting trouble. Jesus knocked them all to the ground at a glance. Amen. See, Jesus was saying, before, <laughs> before I let you take me away, <laughs> I'm going to answer the question of who killed me. Because you ever hear Nazis believe that Jews killed Jesus? People believe that Romans killed Jesus. You know who killed Jesus? Nobody. Amen. Nobody killed him. He said it in his own words. No man's killing me. I'm laying my life down. No. Do you Hallelujah. really think you can kill me? Who killed Jesus? Nobody killed Jesus. Stop it. People are, Jews were slaughtered because they killed Jesus. People post silly crap online about Jews saying that they, were, they murdered Jesus. Really? First of all, God said you're going to die at the beginning. Jesus goes, okay, I'm in. Mary goes, okay, I'm in. And then they bring Jesus to the planet. Jesus lives 33 years, sacrifices, a sacrifice means that I am just going to give this up. Who's killing me? Jesus turns and they all fell down 
Because no one killed Jesus. Amen. What's wrong with you? You can't kill I am. Amen. And they all fell to the ground. Which takes me to my second point. That's the great dilemma. The greatest problem is in the face of superlativeness, that means something significantly just so much greater than you. You can't stand. If, if a big meteor fell through here right now and fell on the stage, I would, I'm not going to stand. I'm going to lose my footing. I remember when I was in Hawaii, and in Hawaii, the waves are very, they're, they're, they don't look big until they get to you. And so I'm on the beach. The beach is packed, and I'm out kind of wading out, and the waves are coming, and I'm like, oh, here comes one, so I'm like bracing myself. Boom. Whoa, that's a big one. I turn around, and this big, huge wave is coming. And just flash. I gather my feet. I look up. The beach is flat. It's too powerful. And superlativeness, something much greater than you. In the face of human superlative, superlativeness, we, we, we shrink. Because, you know, think about if you met your favorite star music, actor, whatever, you're going to be so giggly and stupid. <laughs> you are, you are. I've met a lot of famous people. I remember in the airport I met, because I met Big Boy when I was in California. Now, Big Boy is a rapper, right? And, and we're going through the, 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 the thing, the metal detector. He's got all these chains. <laughs> and so he's on there like, you know how we put the little stuff in this? Big boy, you didn't know you was going through the metal detector? <laughs> Big boy, he turns to me, he goes, man, I know. And so we shake hands, hey, man, good to see you. And he's like, hey, he's a cool guy. But I'm like, man, what's up with all these chains in the metal detector, dude? <laughs> Mike, you remember? And then people are taking pictures with him. I didn't want no picture with Big boy. He's not that superlative. Amen. I remember we was at the hotel, and... and and Rick Ross was sitting on the bench outside. And a lot of rappers had hang out in L.A. <laughs> and so I came out, hey, what up, Rick? Hey, man, what's going on? That's all I needed. Hey, I just, yeah, I know who you are, yeah. I'm famous, too. No, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and so I get, I'm not blown away by that. But I'm going to tell you one time I turned into a little girl. <laughs> and you know it, it's when I met Steve Eiserman. Oh, yeah. Look, Courtney, she was with me. I just went, Steve. <laughs> oh my God, it's Steve Eisenman. I don't know what happened to me. <laughs> and then I gathered myself and went, hey, okay, okay. Hey, Steve. <laughs> how you doing, man? Hey, how you doing, Steve? What's up with the knee? I need you to play. I'm trying to get it together. <laughs> and we're standing on the steps at the movie having this conversation. All the time I'm thinking, it's Steve Eisenman. If I ever got a chance to meet Bruce Lee, I would have passed out. Amen. Bruce Lee, oh, boom, I would have been done. <laughs> so in a place of human superlativeness, think about it. Someone who's significantly more pretty than you, more talented than you, more gifted than you. Man, there's times when I'm, 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 I'm playing video games online. I'm killing people. And, and when I'm playing with people who are really good, 
it challenges me because I think I'm really good. And I'm like, God, this guy's really good. And I got to regroup and refocus because I got superlative. This guy might be better than me. And I struggle to say that. Pride just, I'm, no, he can't be faster than me. But he keeps killing me. <laughs> He's faster than me. In a place of human superlativeness, we shrink. What are you going to do when you face God himself? Amen. Pass out, Kimberly. And Kim, I'm going to show you how right you are. And we think about in Ezekiel, when they dedicated the temple, the priest went in and the Shekinah glory fell on the place. This is a different kind. And you know what? The Bible says they couldn't even stand. When Isaac walked into the temple and saw everything, Isaac went, whoa, I can't stand. This is too much for me. When Moses was at the, at the burning bush, Moses couldn't stand. When, when Peter realized after they caught all the fish, he goes, man, I'm, I'm a man. You need to depart from me. I'm unclean. Like, it's too much. You're too much. That's the great problem is not only the soldiers fall to their feet, we will fall to our feet too. So here is Jesus, turns and knocks them all over. Just with a glance. Just with a, I am he. I am. Bam. Battle-tested soldiers, ready for a riot. So how will we stand? You know what I was thinking? Because my mind's nuts. If somebody invisible was following me around, and they wrote down everything I thought how life should be, how mankind should be, how we should respond, and all those things. Meaning, not God's theory of the way things should be, not Jesus, Holy Spirit, none of that. Mine, keenest thoughts of who, how life should be. And the guy following me around, every time I told somebody how I thought life should be, I would be judged by not God's standards, by my own. I know what I thought. I probably wouldn't stand. If, if that person who was following me just appeared one day, who are you? I've been following you around. What? I've been putting down everything on this iPad, because you know you won't have a pencil or paper no more. Everything you've been doing, everything you said, the, how other people should do, you're going to be judged by that standard. What? Hold on, because I am... Not that put together. The greatest problem is none of us will be able to stand in the present. These soldiers fell to the ground, Chris, like they were putty. Next verse. Again, he asked them, who is it you want? <laughs> so Jesus go, let's go over this again. Get up. Everybody get up. <laughs> now, who do you want? <laughs> and I guarantee you they went, Jesus of Nazareth? <laughs> I'm sure the first one was like, we want Jesus of Nazareth. This one probably was like, Jesus? <laughs> I guarantee you it wasn't the same. Amen. Amen. Jesus like, everybody get up. Uh, come on, all right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I just had to. <laughs> you guys were so tough. You know, you look so <laughs> tough. And I just had to show you, hey, nobody's going to kill me. Amen. See, Jesus just went, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, God, I had to. <laughs> I love Jesus, I love him so much. Come on. 
Jesus of Nazareth, they said. Yeah. Jesus answered, I told I you. I told you it was me, but you all fell down. Amen. Here's the remedy. He says, I know it's a lot of you. You know why? Because the disciples were in trouble too. They were going to arrest them. Mm-hmm. They were going to arrest them, and we were never going to hear from the disciples again. Right. Jesus goes, listen, you're looking for me. you got to let them go. They were in danger. We always go, the arrest of Jesus. No, it was going to be the arrest of everybody. And that's why they had enough people to arrest everybody involved. And Jesus goes, no, take me and let them go. There's the remedy. The actual literally text says, take me and forgive them. Not let them go. He said, forgive them. Isn't that us? Jesus is saying, you know what, me for them. Chris, read me further. Let me show you something. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. Because Jesus had already said to God, I haven't lost any of the ones you gave me except the one who's going to betray me. So Jesus is fulfilling the word here by saying, nope, you got to take me. You got to forgive them. And then also... Push it forward. I'm going to show you how we're in there. Go. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, yeah. drew it and struck the high priest's servant, uh-huh. cutting off his right ear. And the servant's name was Malchus. Now here, why would they put Malchus' name in there? Malchus really, I know you lost an ear. Come on, you got another one. But, but, but Malchus is really a bit player, but he gets credit here. You know why? For eyewitness sake. If this was a fictional book or whatever, they, you know, they might, they probably wouldn't even mention this. See, here, the writer, John, is going, listen, I knew Malchus was the guy whose ear got cut off. Go ask Malchus what happened. Because right. you know what happened after Malchus' ear got put back? He better, you better believe he started to bleed. Mm-hmm. So, so here's the key to this. John is giving eyewitness accounts. So when somebody says Jesus was just a philosopher, are you sure you believe in that Jesus stuff? Listen, we got eyewitness account. Go ask Malchus. Oh, he's dead now. But you could have asked him. Why would bit players get names? Why would he take time to tell you, in parentheses, the servant's name was Malchus? Peter pulls out his sword. Peter, that's a good shot, Peter, to cut the guy's ear off. Good shot. Next verse. Jesus commanded Peter, put your sword away. Peter, this is what, Chris, this is what Jesus said. Peter, Peter, where'd you even get that? (laughs) (laughs) You got a sword? Peter, put the sword away. Listen, you've 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 been in graduate study with me for three years. Let's go over it again. Shall I not drink the cup? Peter, I've been trying to tell you. I was born of a virgin. I'm going to make people believe. I'm going to get some followers. I'm going to die, Peter. 
My death is the cup. You know what was in the cup? All of your suffering. Amen. He's saying, I have to drink this cup. P Peter, one more time. Death, cup, redemption, Jesus, cross. Peter's like, sorry, man, you know, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to protect you. See, he said, forgive the 12, but he says to Peter, I got to drink the cup for everybody because the Father's given me this cup. And this cup is judgment. And this cup is judgment of the world. Now, we should all want Judgment Day. We all should. You know why? Because we all can agree. It's jacked up out there. Amen. And if we can clear this all up with Judgment Day, I'll be happy. But then I pump the brakes a little bit and I go, but Kenan, would you stand on Judgment Day? Would I, would I stand on Judgment Day? Okay, let me base it off of what I think. I probably still wouldn't stand. Don't judge me. And I'm thinking, man, here it is. Peter, we got to go over this again. This, it, I told you I was going to die, Peter. And this is something I must do to benefit the world. I'm so glad, I'm, I'm so glad Jesus didn't go, you know what? Leave me take Peter. Because Peter just don't listen. And, <laughs> We had the whole, you know, Jesus, he's going to deny me anyway. You think Jesus already, <laughs> I'm glad. You see, we'll never understand God's love. Never. You'll never get it. For those who are spiritual, you're still not going to get it. And you know one thing about being spiritual, another thing? It's so wrong because everybody who is truly bumped into God is terrified. Think about throughout the Bible. Everyone's terrified. Think about you. You're overflowed with love when you finally, the light comes on. You go, man, God. And then terror, you become terrified because you realize how not like him you are. Amen. The more I know about God, the, the more I go, I suck. Kenan, man, what's wrong with you? We, I, well, I felt pretty good a couple years ago. Well, you know more now. And now God is, and you looking at God and you're going, man, why are you even, not just me, why are you, why are you even dealing with the world? Why do you waste time? I agree with the angels. What is man that you are mindful of them? I, I don't understand. God, look at this mess. Just come judge it. And then Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Father, in their infinite wisdom, they go, oh, we're going to judge it. But here's the thing. I have to have the remedy take the cup, because none of you will stand. So if Jesus would have went, here, this is Jesus, take Peter. I'm so sick of Peter. Because Jesus right there is upset. He's like, it was like, Peter. Cut the guy's ear off. <laughs> and where did you get the sword? <laughs> you never heard when Jesus and them guys had weapons? Peter, when did you get a gun? 
cuts the guy's ear off. Jesus picks the guy's ear up. Check Peter. <sighs> Malchus gets his ear back. Malchus is like, I'm guaranteeing you everybody there went, what? In Amen. Who is this? Wait a minute. I would have been like, I ain't arresting this dude. First of all, he knocked me down by looking at me. <laughs> Peter, let's go over this again. Put your sword. Huh. Shall I not drink the cup, Peter? Do you remember the whole death, resurrection, redemption? I've been trying to tell you. You said I was the Christ. And you're still cutting people. Come on, next verse. Then the detachment of soldiers with its commander and the Jewish officials arrested, arrested Jesus. Jesus. And they bound them, and I guarantee you they did it very carefully. <laughs> Wasn't no rough stuff. All right? And Jesus just stood there and did what? He let them take him. He tied him up, verse 13. And brought him first to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, mm -hmm. the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jewish leaders that it would be good if one man died for the people. Caiaphas also was a, a player in this who's got a name. He was the one that convinced everybody one person has to die. That was very biblical because he was right. Yeah. You following me? Yeah. So then they take Jesus and then it begins. And then the disciples are left to their own for a second. And we see what happened to them. They scattered and went crazy. Why? Because Jesus was there and they were without him. Amen. Jesus is not going away anymore. He's in, the, he's in the presence of the Holy Spirit right now. But when he moves, do you move? See, when Jesus got moved away, the disciples lost themselves. Their leader had left. When, if, if you, if you want to kill an army that may be strong but not that smart, just kill the leader kill the leader, the rest of them. If you're fighting in the street, somebody, just beat up the toughest guy. The rest of them, gonna... I was watching this thing about, <laughs> Courtney don't like this because she's a superhero nut. If you don't know, in the Marvel's Endgame, when Thanos came, I saw this guy who broke it down. He's a really nerdy guy, and I was feeling like a nerd because I was watching him. And, and, and he goes, you know what, Thanos beat up the toughest ones first. He beat up Thor, and he beat up the Hulk. Now, mind you, no one beats up the Hulk. He beat up the Hulk. He beat up Thor, who was the second strongest. Know why? Because the rest of them went, we can't beat this guy. So here it is. The leader is taken away. The disciples lose their mind. They lose their footing. Because Jesus is the only reason why you have footing. Here it is, this superlative being. Jesus is so much more, God is so much more, the Holy Spirit is so much more than us. If I, if I, if I turn into a girl with Steve Eiserman, I mean, when I see Jesus, it's going to, I'm going to need help. Amen. I'm, 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 I'm out. If I would have met Bruce Lee, I would have passed out. I got lightheaded. <laughs> Bruce Lee, my hero. If I would have met Jackie Robinson, I would have been, I would have been shaky. Jackie Robinson changed the world, man. So how much more in the place of a divine 
superlativeness or, or, or divine much greater than you-ness, you won't be able to stand. So the, the, the biggest claim was Jesus claimed the divine, the divine name. He claimed that he was. This, the biggest problem is he realizes that people really can't stand in my presence. And the remedy was, well, I had to take their place with the cup of judgment so they will be able to stand. So when someone goes there spiritual, or when some other religion starts to pull you or you start to, they make a lot of sense. Never take the elephant out of the room. Who was Jesus? Well, either he is who he says he is or he's the biggest crackpot in the world. But I saw this guy, I can't remember his name. I can't remember his name, some philosopher, some, some theologian, not he was a theologian, he was some professor, it might have been Harvard or Yale, one of the Ivy League schools. And he goes, I'm not a religious person, but I will say this, that this Jesus has affected the world more than I've seen anybody else. Amen. So therefore, he had to be real. He said, here I am, an intellectual, someone who, who teaches just facts and someone who has studied a lot of facets of man and how we are, but I can't get past this guy called Jesus. There's no way that he can affect the world like Buddha didn't affect the world like that. Elijah Muhammad didn't affect the world like that. Confucius hasn't affected the world like that. This Jesus Christ is the only one who, he has to be real. So you know what I was reading, I'm done. Jesus, for the first time, says, I mean, openly, and he flexed a little power behind him. Everybody, I'm God. Which puts all your, all your other religions on the shelf. It makes them generic. Come on up. So think about it. I know none of, some of you are going, I'm not good enough. Join the club. I'm not good enough. Man, there's times when I think, Lord, I make myself dry heave. But yet Jesus drank the cup. So when Jesus drank the cup, that cup was something that I was going to have to drink. And Jesus took it upon himself. And Jesus now, as Jesus says, Peter, the Father has given me this cup of condemnation and judgment, death. And I'm going to drink it down so you don't have to drink it down. And everyone who believes in me don't have to drink it down. And this world will know soon. Dwell in God, abide in him as he abides in you. Move when God moves. Drop your views of what you think world should, the world should be and try to latch hold to what God is saying the world is. Remembering your Father in heaven at every moment. Now, you're going to fail miserably, but at least try. Trust in that, you know what, I'm not good enough. But 
you have made me worthy. So here's Isaiah who goes, I'm, I'm a man of unclean lips and I'm not worthy. But yet in the same time, God says, now you are worthy. Because you realize you're really not. By grace we are saved. Through faith. Not by religion you're saved. Or not by what you do or don't do you're saved. By grace you are saved through faith. But you do show your faith by what you do. And how you are. How you respond. I heard this. I'm done. I heard this guy. This guy listened to in the morning. His name is Max Kellerman. He's a sports guy. I get my sports fix. And Max said something amazing, and that, that stuck with me. He, they were talking about racial crap. And, and Max goes, you know what the problem, and he's white. He says, you know what the problem is, everybody? He says, people will say that they're not racist. And he says, I believe them. Here's the problem. They're not anti-racist. You know what's the difference between being not racist and anti-racist? To be not racist means I'm not like that. I don't feel that way. But to be anti means I hate that. You gotta ask yourself, are you not racist or are you anti-racist? Because America right now is, we got two Americas and I hate it. And God has charged me to do something about it. I can't wait to get back on the road, Mike. We joke that you're gonna have, you might have to get me out alive. It, it might be true. Because I'm not going to stop. Now, the beauty of it is, you know why I can do it? Because I got you. One day, I'm going to take a picture of you guys, and I'm going to take it with me, and I'm going to go, before you hate me, these are my people. Before, before you think I'm some angry black guy, black lives matter, before you think that, here's the people that I love and love me. Are you anti-racist? Next person who tells me I'm not racist, I'm going to slap the crap out of them. You know how many times I've been told that in the last couple of weeks? Well, Kitty, you know I'm not racist. First of all, don't insult me. I know you're not racist. But are you anti? Because saying nothing is just as bad as being racist. So I first got to make sure we ain't got none of that in here. Black, white, Chaldean, whatever you are. And then woe be to the world when I get back out there. It's a charge that God has given me. And I'm going to do it. Everybody say amen. Father, I thank you and praise you for this today. Just the presence of you in the house. I thank you, God, that you are the true living God. And we all understand that. And we thank you, Jesus, that you, we know that you are who you say you are. In the beginning, you were there. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Nothing moves, nothing happens without your presence. So we thank you, Father, because all things come from the Father. We thank you, Son, because everything comes through you. Nothing, we can never even get to the Father without you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, because without you, our connection to him would be lost. So three of you together is perfect. Perfect for humans like us who need all the divine help we can get. So we receive it all right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, we ask and pray that you not only be our Father in heaven, but that you will Lord over us. 
pray right now for Smile FM, Lord. I pray, continue to use it. I've had some amazing conversations. Pray, oh God, you continue to let it be a voice, not just to the Michigan area, but Canada, across America. Do what you need to do with that thing. Pray for everyone here, oh God, that they will be a voice for you. A small one, but a voice nevertheless. I pray, Lord, that the thought, the thought of injustice will begin to bother them. I pray, oh God, that the love of God will come up in the bubbling of of who you are with surface inside of them and they will respond in a certain way. I pray for sympathy, spirit of sympathy, which means I hurt because you hurt. I take your pain. I see your pain. Help us to look past us because everyone is lovers of themselves right now. Help us to remember how are we disciples because we love the brethren. How are we friends? Because we lay our lives down for each other. So, Lord, help us. We need a lot of it. But, Lord, I thank you and praise you that nothing surprises you, that you are still on the throne, and we're still here worshiping you. So we got a chance in Jesus' name. Amen.